I forgot to turn on the lights. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll go do that while we're here. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Decode Podcast. I am your host, Decor Written Content, Oliver at Digital Ear Entertainment, Editor-in-Chief Ken Cardez, a.k.a. Omega Zed. Uh, oh, it's so much better. <laughs> and the, uh, the disembodied uh, body that just went by me and is now a disembodied voice over to my side is... Gino, a.k.a. CL Geek Boy, owner and operator of the Waypoint Cafe, from which this podcast is being recorded to and given to you live. Uh, Waypoint Cafe, located at 65 Ludlow Street in the Lower East Side of Manhattan, New York. So if you are ever in the New York City area, feel free to check it out. We're here. Gino's here sometimes. Then we have awesome pastries and delicious delicious caffeinated beverages for you to drink uh we're gonna be doing the uh the horchata drink from the destiny 2 game the, from the cookbook the, the cookbook drink yes the cookbook drink how's everyone doing welcome to the stream mm. welcome to the podcast we got uh th- things to talk to you about after a lot of things this little break that we took uh especially this past weekend with both new york comic con and TwitchCon. Uh, <laughs> and for once, th- Comic Con only had one scandal. And what was that? Uh, someone died. Really? Uh, a cosplayer had a heart attack, and no one realized that it was a heart attack. Oh, damn. So it took an EMT 20 minutes to get to them. That's unfortunate. Yeah. And then over at TwitchCon, you had people breaking it, their backs and their legs. Uh, <laughs> not just that, actually. Um. <laughs> They might get sued by AD, uh, I forget the group that represents the ADA. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They violated the ADA. That is unfortunate. (laughs) Good thing Twitch has Amazon money. (laughs) Let's see for how long. Let's see for how long. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I I heard about all the reports from TwitchCon. I was just like, wow, I'm glad I went to the the, the con in my backyard instead. Surprisingly, I, I'll be quite honest with you, I think Comic Con has turned around. It it, it feel I don't know if it's because I've gotten older. This one felt a little bit better. Last year's also felt like this. I'm like, this feels like a better convention for me because hmm. I, I, I compare it to the other convention, Anime NYC, and I'm just like, I, I sit here, I was like, I need to be at a certain level of not sober. To not get into fights there? Yeah. Like, I feel like... Maybe it's the fact that I've gotten older and I don't want to deal with children anymore. I think that's a thing, yeah. <laughs> and most of those happen to be at anime and not Comic-Con? Because I don't mind anime NYC either. Like, anime NYC is a good it's the time, people. too. I don't like the people. <laughs> it depends, the people on, depends on the people that show up. The people who don't know how the combo the peop- of soap into the- water. <laughs> what are people who don't know that, like, just because it's a costume convention doesn't mean you can't be an a-hole. Because you shouldn't. I feel like that's why Deadpool is such a popular cosplay. Yeah, because it gives them an excuse, excuse to be me. an a-hole. <laughs> and then you just want to punch them in the face. But you don't need... See, it's hard to determine that because, like, I don't know if I this know person's in character yeah, or, or you're not. actually <laughs> like this. And you just want to punch them in the face anyway. I've come to realize that the ones who put more care into the costume or also into the variants are actually in character and they're some of the nicest people. Yes. I mean, just because I'm in a Doctor Doom costume doesn't mean I want to take over the world. Yes, you do. <laughs> That's beside the point. Specifically the gaming world. <laughs> we need better writers in gaming. We need better writers just in general. Like, I, like it's funny. Rip to Cartoon Network. 
Uh, I mean, it's not like dead, dead. It's just th- there's a lot of layoffs. So I feel sorry for like. It feels like 2009 affected. all over again. Yeah. But it's just like, hey, let's merge these two and let fire half the staff of both. And you're like, why? Okay, why? You're like, <laughs> I can't believe that I'm sitting here looking at HB. Like, I have an HBO subscription for like their streaming service. I'm sitting here. I'm like, you got to get rid of most of the things that I kept this for. I'm going to drop it for Paramount Plus, and I'm sitting here like, what's wrong with me? I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just it's just a, it's a weird time to be a streaming service. Especially like HBO Max, which was really good. Like, it still has some good benefits. Yeah. Like, but man, it's like, it's making it more and more difficult for me to want to keep it. <laughs> I uh, I know Paramount Plus is Garbo, but I'll be quite honest with you, it has content on it that I kind of want to watch. It has Picard. Enough said. I am not a huge fan of Picard. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Like, I love that show. It's a oh, listen. In a vacuum, it's a, it's a good show. In the entirety of lore, because you have to take it like that. No. I guess. No. I will say that it sleeps and bounds about anything that Disney has put out for Star Wars recently. Yes. <laughs> oh, Andor is really good. Andor is very good because Andor, it's the most not Star Wars Star Wars that because I've ever it's watched. about Andor. Yeah, <laughs> it's not about any of the other stuff. I know, but Andor is really good. Like, I just love that it's a whole different side of the universe that yeah. we actually haven't seen. And it's um, like, thinking of because I got to go to uh, at Comic Con. One of the panels that I went to go to was about. Um, was an AMC panel. As you know, they're doing mm-hmm. the Vampire uh, Diaries as a show. Mm-hmm. By the way, watch that. It's so good. They have another one doing... Um, uh, another one of Anne Rice's books. I forgot the name of it now. I'm gonna... It's gonna uh, the, the redo of Interview with a Vampire? <laughs> no, 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 no. That's the, that's the show now. They signed for another show of other... That takes place in New Orleans. It's about the witch... It's the witch's family. I can't remember the name now. Uh, um... Uh, but yes, watch Interview with a Vampire. It's very well done. It's a great, great redo of the, of the story, in my opinion. Really? Yes. I mean, the Tom Cruise movie <laughs> with Brad Pitt was pretty good, too. Okay, yes, <laughs> that's excellent. But this series, like, there's, there's so much more to it. Not Queen of the Damned. They're not redoing Queen of the Damned. That is that is viewed in the industry as a cursed movie. <laughs> um, oh, the witches. Uh, uh, well, while you, fi- yeah. while you figure that out, let's let's uh, let's let's talk about video game stuff because that's what we're here for. This is a, a video game podcast where we talk about video game things and esports. But before we get into anything. Uh, Lives of the Mayfair Witches. That's the one that they're doing as a TV show. Okay. So let's talk about some games that we've been playing. <laughs> so what have you been playing, Gino? It's Ridge been, Racer. Uh, two we- really? <laughs> yes. In I two got- weeks <laughs> since we've been off. Again, I am. Okay. So I've been bouncing around a bunch of games off of, on my Steam Deck and everything. Um, I've been playing Mythic. I've been playing um, that witch game I showed you. Right. Um, I've been playing uh, Freedom Planet 2. Okay. Things like that. So I've been having, like, I've been playing a lot of stuff. But most recently, um, I got my PlayStation Core to work on my Mr. FPGA. And I found an archive of the entire PlayStation catalog. Like, okay. the original PlayStation catalog. Demo discs and everything. Mm-hmm. All are, um, surprisingly... 
all upkept by the Library of Congress. That's interesting. Yes. Um. So, I went and played Ridge Racer. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of fun. <laughs> all the games Racer. you could have played. I, I have Tales 1, 2, and 3 as well. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the one you go to, Ridge Racer. Yes, Ridge Racer. <laughs> <laughs> also because they announced Ridge Racer 2 and I'm very angry about it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to go play the original one in protest. Okay. <laughs> Anything else? Or was that it? Uh, that's mostly been... Oh, Slime Rancher 2. I've been playing a lot of Slime Rancher 2. Which okay. I enjoy. So. Well, for me, it's been... Uh, obviously, I've been playing Overwatch 2. I so. play the better Overwatch, which is Gundam. <laughs> and I can now actually say that. <laughs> I don't know. I think the Gundam game is... Has a lot to be. They desired. gave us better sorry presents than Overwatch Two. Did you you you've heard all the issues about? I know. Yeah, I, I'm how, aware of the. How issues, it had a bug if you were typing in chat after a game, it would auto complete a purchase. I heard about that. Yeah. <laughs> and they're not refunding those purchases. That's too bad. It should be in voice chat and not actual like type chat. I mean, I I do type. I'll go to vo to regular chat and go like the lobby chat. And go GG well play. That's all you have. That's all I will type just as a courtesy thing. No. Um, My GG stands for get good. Fair. <laughs> um, but it's just like, yeah, apparently that was autocomplete if you had a card saved to your Blizzard account. That's hilarious. It was autocompleting battle pass purchases. That's terrible. <laughs> like, <gasps> come on, Blizzard. This is amateur hour. Overwatch 2 has been interesting because <laughs> my biggest thing is, for all intent and purpose, Overwatch has been out since 2016. And TF2 still is more stable. And it's not even about stability. It's just about, for a game that's been out going on six years, and people are still this bad at the game. Oh, you can't you can't change that. I can't fathom that. No, you can't change that. I played TF2, which by the way just finished its 15th anniversary. Yeah, next year it could drive. On the 10th of October. Um, there's still people who play TF2. I said here I was like this game is 15 years old. You have I go and I check hours. You have 8,000 hours in this and this is still how you play? How? I don't know. <laughs> It's just, it's, just, it's just always funny always because be bad. like I'm sorry, people will always be bad. I think so too, and I think that I think what hurts the player base is like you have a lot of these casual players who believe they're just as good as the competitive ones. That's and why go quick play into exists. the competitive ladder. That's why quick play exists. And wonder why they're getting yelled at. I've seen people like you know why am I getting still screen dies like because in a game where you're allowed to switch characters you're not it means you should be good at more than one yeah. or at least somewhat capable at more than one character i don't like playing healer i don't i'll be quite honest with you i feel like healing's tougher in two yeah because you're, you're literally more you're relied on more in two uh if you do the actual like mode of competitive nature it's two healers two dps and one tank so yeah. your tank is now very important to keep alive yep and I've had people play Mora 
and just go on attack with her. And it's like, no, you're, you you got to heal too while you're attacking. Why are you not with your tank? Why are you going on your own? Your tank needs heals. I can't be, you know, a, a, a comparative Heal. healer, be the only one on the tank. And then because I'm the only one on the tank and I'm not getting healed because you want to be Battle Mora, I'm dying. Listen, listen. I think the issue here is, in all honesty, gaming has turned into a job, not a hobby. And it's all of our fault for this because everyone now has this idea of everyone can get into competitive mode and be good. Well, yeah, because it's the cool thing now. It's the cool thing. It's the and cool thing. And then everyone, like, it's a big wake up call for a lot of people to be like, no, like, you got to understand. You know, I, just have fun. I haven't touched. I haven't touched an online competitive game in such a long time because I was so burnt out because of being here. <laughs> having to understand how these games work. So I've played them all. And I'm like, they all play the same to me, and I'm bored of gaming right now. I've gone back and started just doing single-player games. And I'm like, oh my god, this is so much more fun. Yeah. There's no stress to my gameplay. But for me, it's like I've always been a competitive gamer by nature. That's fine. So I thrive on this, but then I get upset because, like, no one... I don't have and people this is that is why, on the level. This is, and you <laughs> want to know how you fix this? This is why companies have to have to just bite the bullet... And for the first few months, have dedicated servers. Because when you have a dedicated server, it fixes two problems. You don't get DDoSed. Mm -hmm. Because, oh, that server's down? Cool. Just on the same on the same stack, spin up a new one instantly. Right. And it's just, that <clears throat> way you can also tier people. So it's like, hey, if you want to be in this server, or you allow people to make servers in the competitive branch... That way, because that's what TF2 used to have. You right. Go to server and it's like, hey, this is competitive only. Like, you have to be good at this. Mm -hmm. And this is what we need right now. Things like that. Like, you put the in the server. It's like, this is all, this is, this is all old technology from the early 2000s. You remember how, I don't know. You remember how, uh, what's it called? Um, Unreal was? Yep. Unreal, all of those games. I know. It's just, I don't know. We've I just, lost I, that. We, we've lost reading. This is what I've come to realize. People don't read. I, the th and the thing that I get bothered by is when I make these statements about how, like, yo, if you're not good at this game, you just shouldn't be playing the competitive mode. And then they're like, oh, you're gatekeeping. That's not gatekeeping. It's not gatekeeping. Like, the object the of competitive mode is to win. I want to win. The object of competitive <laughs> mode is to be competitive. <laughs> you you suck at I, soccer, you're gonna get benched. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny because like there was a game where I switched to Zenyatta to back up a Kiriko. Yeah, which is a, if you know anything about Overwatch Two, it's a pretty deadly combination. Why were my teammates like, "Oh, you have to get all Zen"? Zenyatta sucks. I was like, "You don't know the game, then." Yeah, you don't. Like, do, do you understand how valuable the Discord orb is? Especially someone like People me who calls I out, always, yeah. who's escorted. <laughs> no, when I play with one of the Battle Brothers, they always like I always shy away from playing Zenyatta, and they're like, "No, you should play Zenyatta because you actually like, you know who the you have good threat assessment." And I'm like, "Yeah, from TF2, I played Pyro, right, and I played Engineer. My my two jobs are spy check." And threat assessment. Mm -hmm. Zenyatta does that. Yep. 
As like, a, no, play Zenyatta, we'll cover you. Yeah, the whole <laughs> point of Zenyatta is to be like, okay, there is a diva. Okay, that's the one tank. Who are they being healed by? And if you see the Mercy, it's obvious, okay, discord the Mercy and then tell your DPS guy. Kill that. Kill that. <laughs> that That's the die. And then once the healer is dead, you focus on the tank and then the team falls apart. Exactly. And it's like, it's not... Uh, the other thing that drives me nuts is a lot of the, the mentality, and I kind of blame the new hip thing, Valorant... I see this in Valorant a lot. A lot of people want to top frag, and it's like Valorant is still a team game. Yeah, you still gotta like. You still have to coordinate as a team. But people, you can still do very well if you just strike off on your own. You can, yeah. And it's like, yeah, good for you. I would never sign you because you're you don't know how to play as a teammate. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. How I say. In Dungeons and Dragons, there's no I in team, but there's. I feel like I should be like an Overwatch coach. You should. <laughs> Actually, just in general, a game coach. Metafy is for that. Um, <laughs> hashtag not sponsor. Please sponsor us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but um, kind of like how in Dungeons and Dragons, how I always have to tell every single warlock, why are you casting fireball? Your your entire party's with you, and you're inside a small room. It's like yes, there's no I in team, no, but there are six eyes, and I cast fireball. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, oh no, <laughs> I'm like I hate you all. Uh, but yeah, so I've been on Overwatch too. Okay. Um, I got to try out the Street Fighter Six beta. I didn't get a chance to try it out. How was it? It's fun. I saw some horror the, the footage. Creator. <laughs> I saw straight horror. I, I, like I, long I love Furby that. horror. I love that the entire community, community was just like... Was just like, let's make the worst characters <laughs> imaginable. Well, no, because it has the same character creation as what you would have in Soul Calibur and, and any wrestling game. Yeah. And, <laughs> and what's great about it is... Literally every character looks like they belong in One Piece. Yeah. So if you ever watched the One Piece anime, <laughs> a lot of the characters in One Piece have vastly weird proportions proportions on their bodies. <laughs> <laughs> and in the Street Fighter Six beta, that's all you saw. You saw tiny head, tiny giant head, arms. giant shoulders, skinny arms, <laughs> and legs. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the guy who was only legs, and I'm like, why are you this big? And what's funny is if you do uh, a fight with the moves that you've unlocked, as you like, you can fight as these characters against someone yeah. else's created character, and it's some of the most ridiculous stuff that I've ever seen. I love because I was watching some streams of it. I love I'm everyone is Frankie. Yes, everyone is Frankie. Yes. <laughs> the the thing that that the thing that also like made me laugh and it, I never liked the Arxis system of, of how like rooms were where right. you're in like an arcade and it's like it's like just give me a menu this is the only time I enjoyed watching that yeah because it, they made it feel like part because, of the actual game yes but also it's like you have all the arcades one of the rooms that I saw was all the arcades are around the periphery and then you literally have a Beyblade style death dome in the center, mm -hmm. and I just saw two people spinning bird kicks at each other. I'm like, oh, cool, they gave us Beyblade battles in this game. Thank you, Capcom. Yeah. Um, I'm like, what is. 
there was only a small handful of characters you could play as, um, but it was still very much. I heard good things from everyone. Um, from the pros that I do follow, who rarely talk, <laughs> and I mean rarely talk, because yeah. it's just like, yeah, we didn't like five as much at launch, and now five's in a good spot. Right. But it's like, oh well, you guys fell off, so it's just like, okay, whatever. But um, Li Joe was saying a lot of stuff, and I'm like, this is good. Justin Wong was saying a lot of stuff, I'm like, good. You have the older heads that people are like, oh, we shouldn't have to pay attention. I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. If they say it's a good game, that means that your pool of player base is wider, mm-hmm. which means you get more dragons in the mist, as I call them. Yep. Like when I got beat in Japan by this 75-year-old, I never saw the man again. <laughs> Shows up, sits down across from me, like, okay, yeah, sure, I'll play you. Lost 10, ro- 10 games in a mat row. Never, never won. Never won even one round. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Gets up and leaves. I'm like, what? Never saw the man again. I'm like, what is this? Why? <laughs> Why? And I've only seen that in four. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that, that. that's what it is. Like, I think the game feels less flowcharty. Yep. No autopilot mode. Nope. It just feels like a good fighting game. And you gave me... I, oh, I forgot. I also started replaying because my friend told me to go replay Garo, Mark of the Wolves. Mark of the Wolves? Okay. Yes. And I forgot how good... How I, In all honesty, I think that is honestly the best fighting game. It's up there. <laughs> like, that whole Dreamcast era of fighting games, especially Mark of the Wolves and yeah. um, The Last Blade. Yeah. Like, those two games are pinnacle yeah. fighting games. Yeah. And I'm just like... As I'm like, oh, and the fact that we're getting a new one, I'm like, yeah, please. It's a good time to be a fighting it's game fan. It's a great time to be a fighting game fan. I always try to sink my teeth into them when they come out, and then I never stick with it because I'm just like, something else either comes out or I... I, I think you would I stick with it the if crowd. they had arcades. I think so, if too. If arcades were still as large as they were and they were still putting like, out... Street Fighter Five for me, I was like, this game, it was horrible at launch, so I said, forget it. I, I've stuck with Virtual Fighter. I still jump on Virtual yeah. Fighter. You can still you can call Sega up and buy Virtual Fighter arcade machines. I've looked into this. Um, Same thing with Tekken Seven. That's why those two communities I've played still Tekken exist. Seven and like I didn't go as hard into Tekken Seven as I had the other Tekkens. Yeah. And I don't know why. I think I something like just kept me from the playing the boss Tekken. fight. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I, I haven't touched it in so long that I. Or don't was know. it the fact that they included the whiny child from Fifteen? I'm really excited for Tekken Eight, though. Oh, like, everyone's excited. Like, <laughs> so uh, maybe it's just like you know the even. My question one is: Will Dan Hibiki show up in Tekken Eight? <laughs> <laughs> you had Akuma. Yeah, did <laughs> Akuma's canon. <laughs> Kuma is canon. <laughs> yeah. So you know, it's just it's always weird when, like, if a fighting game attracts my attention, I think that's a good sign. Yeah. And it has to hold my attention. That's the other thing. Uh, I think the holding part is the hard part. And a lot of, I'll be honest with you, a lot of fighting games are, they're social games. I remember playing four, going down the CTF. Yep. And just playing them. Mm -hmm. And I was having, that was the most fun I've ever had. Five, I had a hard time because I couldn't find a five machine. I've only found them recently at round one. Right. But I'm not taking a... 20 minute train ride to to 34th Street and then an hour train ride to Long Island on the LIRR and then a 30 minute walk to the mall from the train station because that's, that's it's, a lot yeah it's a lot 
And, her, and, and this is a guy who used to travel to like Jericho, Long Island, and Staten Island just to play the physical World of Warcraft cards. Exactly. Like, <laughs> didn't we go farther for? Didn't you go farther for uh, Duel Masters too? Not really. Uh, okay. Duel Masters, we had like actual locals here yeah, in the yeah, city. Yeah. But yeah, like I said, like if they launch a Street Fighter Six arcade, uh, like a physical arcade, that's something I would be interested in purchasing. You just have to find room for it. <laughs> Speaking of, I'm actually supposedly in November getting the uh, the gun dead cabinet. Night of the Living Gun Dead, the Gungeon game. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that should be fun. That yeah. Yeah. It's a big cabinet. Um, something else that uh, the trailer dropped and I signed up for it. And this is something I actually played uh recently and as in, as in recently as like literally yesterday. Uh, there's a game called uh, and I'm sure you've seen it, the uh, the Evercore Heroes. Yeah. Um, this is a game made by X Riot and Blizzard developers, and it's literally like a tap a top down action RPG, and it's a competitive PVE game. So it's you and three other teammates. So you're a team of four. It's hero based, so you have different yeah. characters that you can pick and level up and do things with, and it's just you versus giant boss. Like you just fight a monsters, and it's the simplest concept. And I'm like. How has no one done this before? The thing is, they have, but they all came out back in, like, the early days. And when I mean the early days, I'm not talking about 20 years ago, which was the GameCube. <laughs> yes, I feel old now. <laughs> when we say Mario 20 years ago, we're talking about Sunshine. Um, <laughs> yeah! <laughs> yeah! Found that out the hard way recently. Um... <laughs> I'm talking about, like, when the NES was new. There were certain games that were basically... That's why I like Mythic so much. Mythic is like, all right, you're a dude in a dungeon. Have at it. Like, any other instruction? You'll figure it out while you go through the game. I'm like, cool. Yeah, I, I like... And you can like, make a party. You can make a party if you want to. I like to when people. games are like that. They're just like, this is the situation. Cool. What button is... What? Press the button and find out what it does. It does, yeah. Like I love when games do that. I think yeah. more games need to do that in the right like type in of atmosphere. In the right kind setting. of atmosphere. You know, but like I love when a game does that and it's like it tells you absolutely nothing and you're just like, well, I guess something That's why go I like forward. That's why I like Tunic so much. Yeah, oh, Tunic. It dropped you I'm like, "Oh." And then instantly <laughs> I'm like, "I feel like I'm playing the original Zelda games." Yeah. Perfect. And, and you think about it, like, the first Zelda was literally that. Like, if you didn't read the instruction booklet, it was... And that's something you have to do in Tunic, too. <laughs> and Tunic's instruction booklet is in-game, by the way. Yeah, and uh, you have to so, find it. And you have to find it, because it's, like, it's in a menu, and you actually have to go through the menu, and, like, oh, wait, there's instructions on how to play. Uh, but Tunic literally is just, like, have fun. Here you go. Go play this game. Yeah, you'll figure it out. Um, and that's why I love the game. I think it's definitely a game that is in that conversation of best of the year. Um, but yeah, like, Evercore Heroes, uh, I, I signed up for the alpha, I got in, uh, I played it for a little bit here yesterday, and I was like, I was immediately floored by how solid this is. And this is just an alpha. Yeah. And I'm like, these, these, these people knew what they were doing. This is a really good thing. So I definitely encourage you guys. Like, uh, I'm not sponsored, so hashtag, hashtag yeah, not please sponsored. Sponsor. Hashtag please sponsor <laughs> us. Um, definitely check out Evercore Heroes. Uh, it's only on PC right now. Uh, if you, They're doing the alpha tests in, like, waves. So if you get in, cool. If not, just wait a bit. You'll probably get a code um, at some point. Speaking um, of alphas. 
Uh, I don't know if you kept up with the Star Citizen stuff recently. No, because I'm not into Star Citizen. I, 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 so. I know. <laughs> but um, I think now the payoff is starting to actually show, and people are like, wait, actually, wait. This, this actually seems like a good game. They showed off the skill tree. Okay. Which is fully remappable throughout the mm -hmm. whole game. It doesn't cost you anything um, to remap it. It's all dependent on what industries you want to do. So if mm -hmm. you want to be heavy into salvaging and medical, you could just fully spec for that. Right. And that skill tree unlocks higher tiers of technology for you. Okay. So people are like, wait, so you're telling me I could be a brain surgeon because I spec all the way to medical and then perform the surgery on myself? Yes. <laughs> that's great and, yeah and same thing with salvaging and all these other so people are like wait a second this is it's starting to show now more and more it's like oh wait this is an actual game oh wait the world actually kind of makes more sense maybe we shouldn't have written this off as a giant scam <laughs> it's like no it's just that they had to restart the game three times that's hilarious <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think uh, what else was cool that was recently announced? Uh, we're, we're getting a new Need for Speed. Uh, yeah, that so. looked cool. Yeah, that looked actually really cool. Yeah, there's a Need for Speed Unbound is the next game in the Need for Speed series. It is dropping in December, which was like surprising to CEA. But like, here's a trailer. Hey, guess what's coming out in like two months? I like when companies do that. I think they finally learned from like Nintendo because Nintendo never announces anything on, on except if it's six months out. Right. So it's like, hey, we have this game coming out. And it's just like, what? That's out of left field. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Like what they did for Paper Mario. Exactly. It's like, here's a Paper Mario game. What? Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Need for Speed Unbound looks really interesting because it's, it's adopting this like animation style, sort of like anime, sort of cel shaded kind of look yeah. for the game. Uh, it's still being developed by former Burnout Devs Criterion, so we know it's going to be good. The last Need for Speed wasn't terrible. Need for Speed, uh, I think it was Heat was the last one. Yeah, that I think came Heat out. was the last one. Uh, that I'll one be wasn't honest bad, with you, but <clears throat> there was a time when the Need for Speed games kind of crashed, yeah. and then Criterion took over. And I'm like, wait, you guys are kind of clawing it back. Good, yeah, actually, yeah. yeah. Uh, something about this game just looks really good. I think what the main thing is is it, it's really going after that nostalgic feel of the underground it games. It feels also like an arcadey game. Yes, which we don't. We have a lot of simulation now in in. Um, but the, I don't consider Forza a simulation game. It a lot can of them are be very like hybrid. Like it's hybrid yeah. sim, for, you know, ar yeah. arcade sim. But with, with, yeah. with Forza, you could choose to be full arcadey depending on how you want your controls to feel, mm -hmm. or full sim. So like Forza being the exception, everyone else just feels like, oh, we have to go for as realistic the, as possible. Yeah. And then you have Need for Speed over here. It's just like y'all remember Cruising USA? Yeah. Here you go. Here you go. Sweet. <laughs> yeah, something about this one just looks really solid. I don't, I can't put my finger. I saw the trailer and I was like, the ASAP Rocky nonsense to sound because he's like a character in the game. But that's 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 EA's mo. They usually like try to put Who someone cares? like that's like, fine. Like, but I'm looking at the game. I'm watching how like the racing is looking, how the cars look, how the the, the drifting animations yeah. are, and I'm just like, this is gonna be good. <laughs> it feels like it feels like whoever was the direct like I'm talking about the sequence director, not the director of the game. Mm. Sat down and probably started reading um, what's his name's new manga about uh, the sequel to Initial D. <laughs> I'm dead serious. It does feel like that though. <laughs> okay, if there's an A6 in that in that game, I'm like, I want that. <laughs> Give me the tofu car. 
I gotta deliver some tofu. So the Need for Speed Unbound looks really good. Um, I'm trying to think if there was anything else that was announced. EA showed off that Monster Hunter clone. Oh yeah, there was. A I shouldn't call it that. <laughs> Wild Hearts. Uh, it looks impressive. Look, like. look. There's Monster Hunter, which will always be the gold standard to go by in this. But I want other devs to take a shot at it. I think Dauntless was a great start. I think it got kneecapped because of the whole when they got bought by Epic. Right. Um, Epic said, hey, you guys should do a battle pass. I'm like, yeah, no one really wants that in a Monster Hunter game. No. Um, so, okay, you kind of kneecapped it there, but it, it's still there. I know that the Grand Blue Fantasy Versus actual RPG, not I say Versus, but Grand Blue Fantasy RPG game also plays like a Monster Hunter-like game. The only time that Monster Hunter ever competes with itself is when Capcom puts out a Dragon's Dogma game. Yes. <laughs> and it's like, Come on, Capcom! You can't compete with yourself. Yeah, uh, but this Wild Hearts game looks really looks impressive. Really it's uh, a team up between EA and uh, Team Ninja, the guys who've done like you know Neo and Ninja Gaiden and uh, what a new Ninja Gaiden game. Yeah, um, <laughs> so now they're doing this like Monster Hunter styled game called Wild Hearts, and like I just I can't describe how good this game looks because the detail and like all the monsters and the characters and stuff is just outright amazing you have like this whole like samurai western hybrid aesthetic and you fight giant monsters like what it's just it's just a recipe that just sounds like it'll be successful yeah and um, it's set in feudal uh set in feudal japan yeah so you know koei tecmo did I say Team Ninja? Yes. It's oh. Koei Tecmo. Technically. Expect the greatest of <laughs> physics. And expect... the same studio. It is the same <laughs> studio, yeah. But um, it's the same teams, basically. Just Koei Tecmo is also, like, lending there. So that means we're probably going to get, like... Uh, say what you want about Koei Tecmo. They stick to their guns, which is Musou games. Yeah. And really technical, like... Yeah, on the surface, it's it's a nice, simple game. But if you go beneath it, it's like, oh, wait, I could do more. Yeah. I could do so much more. Mm-hmm. Plus, also a great physics engine. Indeed. <laughs> it's always interesting to see studios do something that they're not normally known for, especially something like Wild Hearts. Yeah. Where, like, I, I've never known them to do this kind of game, you know. And I mean, I see it sometimes because if we think about um, the Xbox Ninja Gaidens, there was a few of the boss battles that were basically Monster Hunter fights, if you think about it. Yeah, that's true. Because they were, like, so. huge and you're climbing them and everything. Yeah. So it makes sense. Um, the Zeppelin fight. That's the one that sticks out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. Uh, speaking of, like, just really good games and things that change a lot, um, our cover image, for those of you who are joining us live, is a Plague Tale Requiem Menace. Any of you remember how much I love the original Plague Tale, Plague Tale Innocence, which I've been replaying on stream, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to finish this Sunday on stream. Um, The sequel drops on October 18th. I have been fortunate enough to get it extremely early, so thank you, Asobo Studios. Uh, It was really cool because I did an Instagram post, and they liked it and then actually messaged me. Oh, that's cool. And I was like, okay, yeah. uh, (laughs) I'll do and it. then uh, you know they asked for my address. I didn't think anything of it, but when the game came in the mail, I was like, oh, "I love you guys." 
So thank, so thank you to Solo yeah. Studios for... Uh, I like it when studios actually pay attention to that stuff. And it's yeah, just like, it's, sometimes you get lucky. And I'm just like, I feel very fortunate that... Uh, I guess the way I worded my post or something yeah. struck a chord. I think I don't they know. probably liked the fact that you were playing the first game up until like the the new like to finish it by the time the new game drops so it's like everyone who's watching you can just still follow along with like the story maybe uh but it's a really cool moment um i've obviously played it ahead yeah obviously <laughs> and uh i wanted to give like my thoughts on just how much this studio has grown you know from the first plague tale to their work in the microsoft plane simulator <laughs> to this and when you see this game on October 18th, when I play it for you guys, um, the technical achievements that they have grown and accomplished in this new game are phenomenal. And it's not just like how many rats are on screen but also like how they designed the architecture of the towns that you go through the animations of the characters uh when she takes cover how she like holds the wall she has different animations based yeah. on how she's how, how you she's face how you're covered. so if you remember like i mean this is something that's been done before you remember how like uh if you ever play uncharted how nate had different poses when he yeah. woke up so they implemented that but it was just very cool because it's a very small studio yeah and just to see that they took the extra step to do things like that um the the ai improvements in the guards uh and in the rats because uh, <laughs> now the rats can climb and that's scary <laughs> um Want a little rat fact so um those of you who don't know my family does a lot with like buildings and everything i learned this the hard way a rat can hold their breath for up to five minutes. That is long enough for them to reach the eighth floor of a building in New York City through the toilet. <laughs> they could swim through a pipe that fast? Yes. That's crazy. <laughs> That's also horrifying if you think about it. Yeah. <laughs> Think about it. You just go to the bathroom. It's coming up, and it's like, Flash is like, no, it's not going down. Yeah. What do I do? Um, one of my favorite things about uh, Plague Tale, and you'll see this early on in the game in one of the, the early sequences, is a part where you got to, like, sneak through a field. Yeah. It is borderline Metal Gear Solid oh, I love levels that. of stealth. I love that. To the point that, like, if they kind of, like, see you, they're like, hey, what's that over there? You're like, wait, how? Because if you remember the first game, yeah. the AI wasn't like, like, you had to be, like, this yeah. close to them. Oh, oh you're there. Skyrim, what I call Scott. <laughs> <laughs> you max out sneak, shoot you point blank in the face, crouch. <laughs> Who's there? Who's there? <laughs> so in this game, they're a lot smarter. <laughs> it's like, hey. What are you doing all the way over there? It's like, how did you see me? Like, how did you see me? I just <laughs> And it's because they were looking in my general direction. They're like, what's that? I'm like, what? Alright. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh not only that, but like if you hit them and they die and they scream, the other you know how like the other the guards gonna learn it, they the all other guard, the other guards like, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hey, he's dead. There's a murderer here. And then they change their patterns and it's, it's yeah. just phenomenal um the biggest thing though and I, I have to talk about the rats but like the way they animated the rats 
is downright spine shingling. <laughs> like, there's a sequence where, like, it's almost like a borderline crash bandicoot sequence where you're running away from yeah. a swarm of rats. And the way they crash through the walls, and it's almost like they're flowing like water. I wonder if they've <laughs> actually um, took the time to watch or study actual rat movements because rats do kind of flow like that yeah in real life and it's actually one of the scariest things you'll ever see yeah <laughs> it happens in this game a lot <laughs> great <laughs> um and it's just it's just phenomenal to see not just the technical achievements but also the narrative achievement in this story and one of the things that i really loved about this game is it is another game that tackles the cycle of violence and it does it in a way that's actually mature and makes sense oh so it does the thing that um last of us 2 was supposed to do yeah. but better it literally does the last of us 2 cycle of violence story a thousand percent better so like narratively alone this game is like a 10 out of 10 Nice. And then just everything else that they compiled, I'm like, these guys really put their heart and soul into this game. And it is just amazing. From start to finish, I was just... Every time I was like, oh, it, it can't get better than this. It could. Like, it's just what, like when a game surpasses my personal mm. expectation. Because I was like, this is going to be a good game. Because the first one was good. first one was good, yeah. They just need to do more. You know, just a and little they, more. They realized. And hey. they were like, yeah, we could do more. But we could do, do more, more than more. You <laughs> <laughs> could do a whole lot more. Yeah. And uh, it's just... Um, you guys will see it on Tuesday the 18th. Uh, I will be streaming uh, Plague Tale Requiem. The review will go live on that day as well. Um, but it's just... I just wanted to give like a little preview uh, of this game. Especially because we are in the middle of October. And because of schedules and things that are going on uh, behind the scenes with the, the D team uh, we actually have to implement a cutoff date for our game of the year video what so, is the cutoff date uh, it's probably the same as the game awards which is probably like after God of War Ragnarok <laughs> So November... So November 9th, I think, is... I would say that because... Uh, that that you, week is probably like going to be the cutoff week for games. Yeah. Which, uh, which is unfortunate because something like the Callisto Protocol, which drops in December, uh, you won't see that make our list, unfortunately. Because I'm sure, like, even whether it's great or bad, you know, but let's say it winds up being like a really good game. Everyone's like, oh, why didn't the Callisto Protocol make because your list? It, it because we, did, we had cutoffs, and we have to have like, we have to be timely with these things. That's why I've and never it, it's liked. just funny that this is the first time we've had to do something like yeah. this. Because normally, when we've done these game of the year videos, we're, we're we've crunched it like almost to like the, the last, last minute. Yeah. So like we would last sneak in. Was, last year's was last minute, right? Not really. I think. Or was it the year before? The year before we had to do. I, I think it was. 20, Death Stranding's year. I don't know if it was Death Stranding, but there was definitely one where I was like, "No, we have to squeeze this in somehow." Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking it was the year Greece came. Yes. Out. Yes. Because I was just like, "This has to make the list." I don't. I don't care what we have to do. Like this game needs to make the list. <laughs> It, it's um, it, it's kind of crazy because like that's actually been my biggest complaint about the game awards. Mm -hmm. I say they should be like every other award show, and I understand why it's scheduled where it's scheduled because of all the sponsors yeah. want their games to have all the new trailers because it's it's a trailer show. It's a trailer show. Yeah. 
And but I said, if you really want it to be taken seriously as an award ceremony, you have to hold it in February, like every other award ceremony, because you let the fiscal year finish. Right. And I feel like that would have changed a lot of game of the years, honestly, for the for the VGAs. Probably, yeah. In all honesty, if you let out the if you let the fiscal year like end, because I felt like what was the game? Oh, what was the game that came out after the VGAs that everyone's like, this is actually a really good game? Oh, I can't remember it. But it was like a major game, and everyone was just like, yeah, no, this should have been in the VGAs, but you couldn't do anything about that. Oh, it didn't perform well? That's fair. That's rough, you know. But that's also like, you have to... Does Crunchyrolls count anymore? I don't, I don't, because I don't even think a lot of Sony, people- Sony, like this. I know this is for the sister podcast, but Sony owns Aniplex, which right. is all the record label labels mm-hmm. as well. Funimation and Crunchyroll, right? They own ninety five, if not almost ninety nine percent of the Western anime distribution. They're awarding themselves, <laughs> like. At this point, it's kind of like, can you really do a fair Anime of the Year award? I don't know. Because by that by by that lot, and the reason why I'm saying I'm bringing this up is because I fear that this might happen in gaming as well. Um, there's no academy. There's no like, like the Grammys have the RIAA. You have the Oscars, which is run by the actual artist. Well, that's because in gaming, there's so many different ones, you know. Yeah. Jeff Keighley has his own game. No, yeah, I get that. You have the BAFTAs. But there's no, like, guild. But there's no, like, actual, like, big guild that that helps decide all these things. Like, everyone has, like, their own little committee. And even at that, there's people who are on multiple Multiple different ones. So, like, if you look at a lot of the people who make up the Game Awards committee, some of those same names are on the New York team. Yeah. On the New York Game Awards. And some of those people are also on the BAFTAs. Yes. So So it's like, you know, they're just it's all cost. It's it's kinda it's yeah. Um but my But my here at D it's just it's us. us. <laughs> like it's literally us. I'm just like, hey guys, these are some of the games that I thought were really amazing here. What do you think should make the list? And um a couple of games uh I'll be honest with you, now that now that like the rest of the year has passed, my game of the year has changed. I was originally thinking, and I wouldn't have been mad if it was Elden Ring. Right. But now that I've sat through and played through a bunch of different games that have come out later throughout the year, I'm like, I'm sorry. Yes, Elden Ring is a very good game. It's revolutionized the entire open world platform, like the open world genre, I would say. Maybe revolutionized a little bit of the Souls genre. But that's it. It was just more Souls. Like, I I like... It's a great game. Beautiful game. I understand that uh, concept because, like... It's just Dark Souls thrown into the open world genre, and they just said, let's not give these people any markers whatsoever, and I feel like... Cool. Cool. You basically Breath of the Wild in it. Yeah. Uh, like, but it just feels so good, like, playing no, yeah, it. it. Yes. Um, but I'm pretty sure like Elden Ring... Wild, like, for me, like, the story also... I was like, I actually want to know about 
the four champions. Right. I want to know about what happened. I want to know what happened. Okay, you lost. What happened in this hundred years span? Yeah. That's what I want to know. It's going to be really interesting because, like, that's kind of like the conundrum we find ourselves in right now. Yeah. So here's a little, like, BTS stuff about, you know, obviously Elden Ring is one of the games that's definitely in the running, so to speak. Right. Uh, and then, like, for me personally, I'm like, I, I, I personally would put this play tale over Elden Ring. And yeah. mind you, mind you, God of War Ragnarok still has not come out yet. Exactly. So, <laughs> <there's>, <laughs> um, so that's one of the things that we're looking at. We're like, man, like we're really going to piss some people off if Elden Ring gets beaten out by the rag game. So I don't know if I want to do that as a representation of all of our thought processes. And that's kind of the conversation that's happening. Yeah, with, like, I guess. Yeah, I get that. Eventually but like, we'll go to when I've always the done, rest of the You've team. always known when I did, when I give my top 10, I look at what have you done not just like as a game, but also have you pushed your genre forward, forward. in multiple directions? Yeah. In storytelling, in technical aspect. And as much as like, la- la- I always make fun of um, Last of Us 2 because mm-hmm. I'm like, listen, I disliked the game. I couldn't finish the game. It was just too grotesque for me. Right. And then I sat there, I was like, and the story just didn't do it. Story sucked. Like, I'm sorry. But, no, that's right. <laughs> and I never liked the original Last of Us because it's like, I the first time I played through it, which was on the PS3, I kind of cheesed it. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. The AI was, the AI was horrible. Great, yeah. I said those like I found better AI on the GameCube um, <laughs> Metal Gear Solid games. <laughs> um, but like, I'll be quite honest with you, but it's like, they did push in a lot of things sound design. They pushed accessibility. Oh, yeah. They pushed all of these things. And I'm like, no, that's what makes it a good game. Yeah, I think with The Last of Us 2, like, I- I'm in that same category where <laughs> the the story just didn't grab me the same way the first one did um but as a technical achievement and on the technical side of gaming sound design music level design graphics and all that they blew it out the water with that yeah but to me gaming is more than that no yeah that's fine but like i take all of those things into account and elden ring while it has a lot of that i i'll be quite honest with you i don't remember half the cast of, of elden ring I just remember, like, some of the bosses. That's about it. Yeah, that's about it. I just remember the giant Um, dragon who's crying. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Elden Ring, I think, does push a lot of things forward. But it's too safe. But it it definitely felt very safe. Now that that I've had time to, like, digest it. And when it was out, I was like, this is the greatest Souls game ever. Which it is. It's probably the best Souls game ever made. Um, I just don't know if it's game Uh, of the year. I would say Bloodborne is. Bloodborne was really good. Bloodborne, Bloodborne actually made me feel bad for like <laughs> the characters and like I genuinely felt like oh well, that's I, of the, the narrative. Yeah, the yeah. narrative was so spot on and everything. I'm like, okay, no, like you actually are all troubled humans. Like yeah. I feel. Bad. I mean, Elden Ring just had like that epic scale. Yeah, so Elden Ring's humans. Now that I I kind of remember, I'm like, no, you're all just selfish. Yeah, and you're and you've fallen on your own swords. So. Uh, <laughs> On that subject of how a game pushes things forward, that's my biggest concern for God of War Ragnarok because it's like 2018's God of War pushed everything. Was like, here's the bar. Yeah. Probably. How are you gonna go farther than that? How do you like surpass that bar? Because you can get just as high. 
Yeah, and it'll be the same, but then it's like, oh, you know. If, if the writing is as good as what I've been, like, hearing. I mean, just from the trailers alone, I've been like, okay, they're definitely going to go hard. Like, from what I understand, like, this might be the game that actually breaks a lot of people, from my understanding. Like, just narratively alone. My biggest thing is, what what, what is it going to do gameplay-wise? Yeah. That... Will, imagine if they make, figured make, out. Imagine if they figured out how to do the escort stuff correctly, where it's not cumbersome. And I'm talking about the escort stuff in terms of like Resident Evil Four, right? Where it's like, okay, you have the president's daughter. It's like, okay, go hide over there. The thing is, Atreus never was like useless. Atreus, yeah. built into the combat. Yes. So, but now if they expanded upon that, and it's like, wait a second, you can switch between them for. for I don't know. I, that I, would be I, interesting for like combo controls and stuff like that. Maybe. Because the story... I, I think the idea is that you're always going to be playing as Kratos. Yeah, no, yeah. So, I... I uh, the... Whatever the Atreus button does is definitely going to make or break the game. I, I, I genuinely <laughs> wonder because it really does feel like the story is Atreus trying to... Be his own man. Be his own man. There might be sections of the game where you do actually just play as. I mean, I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind that. And I'm like, you know what? I would like to see them be like, you know what? Yeah. You can... There will be sections where, where you don't have a choice on that, but there might be situations where it's like, there is a choice for you. But we'll let you figure out which one you want to do. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? If they figure out... And, and this has always been like, when there are two characters in a story and they have to be together, you always kind of realize one... And I hate to put it like this. The baggage. Even if they are useful, it's still the baggage. Yeah, and that's why I really liked... Out of work, yes. Atreus didn't wasn't feel the like bag, yeah. <laughs> if they expand on that even more, and other people should pay attention, other devs should pay attention to that for sure. You know, I just like everyone hates escort missions. My thing is, <laughs> is like, you know, if God of War Ragnarok is just the first one but better, is that enough? Like, is it, what if it is the first one but better and it also rips your heart out? Oh, then yeah, you know, like, at, <laughs> but, like you sit there at the end of the game and you're just like. You're the the narcos meme where he's standing out in the field looking out. Yeah, literally by himself. himself, It's just like, and it makes you question every decision you've ever made in your life. Because I like games that make you do that sometimes, where you sit there and you're like, um, there was a PC game that I did, um, Lost uh, uh, Lost Soul, I think is the name of it. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a space based like RTS kind of like um, thing, top down. It's turn-based and everything, right? But the story, I, I when I finally beat the game because you go through multiple runs and right. it, it's a pain. It's like a, it's like a what's it called? Um, a Metroidvania like, but like randomly okay. generated systems and things like that. Okay, like FTL. By the end of the story, I sat there and I'm just like, we really are just straight up monsters. Like it literally sat there. I was like, no, we should probably put a cap on technological development. <laughs> I never ever want to be at that point in my life where I have to make that choice. Yeah. I'm like, so it's God. <laughs> you know what game I recently played that made me feel like that? Oh, what? When I beat it? What? I played Tail Oh, God. <laughs> like, when the credits rolled, I put my controller down. I was literally just like this for like a good, like, like half an hour. I was just like, damn. That's what, ga- I feel like that's what gaming is missing. We need more games. Like, like, well, that's why Death Stranding, you know, like, I pushed for it to be Game of the Year because it, it did that. When I when I beat Death Stranding, I was just like, when I finally beat Death Stranding too, I sat there just like, oh my god, damn. 
<laughs> I'm like, why is this man not writing political blogs? I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, uh, but that leads to the question. What was your game of the year? If you want to keep the conversation going and let me know what you thought was the best thing you played this year, definitely check it out over on our Discord. And feel free to at me and let me know what you thought or what you felt was the best game you have played this year. You can do that over in our Discord. Uh, we also have our website, digitalerentertainment.com, for all our other social media posts, links, and written content as well. Uh, and you can definitely uh, take a gander uh, on that site this coming Tuesday where our A Plague Tale Requiem review will go live as well. Um, if you want to support us in, in the ways that you do, there are multiple ways to do so. We do have our merch over at our Stream Elements shop, streamelements.com slash digitalerentertainment. Uh, you can check out our D-hoodie, our D-tank tops, our D-mugs, D-t-shirts. We also have D-code apparel for you. We also have Coco No Pro apparel. Coco No Pro is our very own uh, little indie achievement that we are hard at work on ever, ever so patiently. Um, and it is our wrestling-themed visual novel created by our very own RJ Para and worked on by the D-Team. It was also featured on IGN's Road Jam uh, earlier in the year. Um, so shout-outs to IGN for featuring us in that capacity. Very nice to be recognized, uh, even as an honorable mention uh, for that particular contest. Um, we do have our sponsor, Image Anime. You guys can check out imageanime.com and use our promo code discount ship for free ground shipping on all in stock item orders over $100 uh, at imageanime.com. Uh, if you yourself are an anime fan or know someone who's a fan of anime, uh, definitely send them over to that link and have them use our promotional code to get some cool, cool swag. Uh, and if you want to know, there's a lot of cool stuff coming out in terms of anime. Yeah, you know, you can also check out our YouTube because every month we do our monthly recap uh, to show you some of the cool pre-orders that you can get, as well as some of the awesome clips from our various streams across the week, such as maybe this podcast or our happy hour, which is every Friday after our sister podcast, Tikai. Um. But yeah, that's going to do it for our show today. Uh, stick around, though, because we have RJ and Joel coming up with some more great ace attorney as they continue to peruse through that game. Longest running stream. <laughs> it feels like it's been two years. Like, since COVID began, they've played this game, I feel like. Has it been that long? It feels... We've, it's either been that or just an Ace Attorney game in general. I mean, they've, they've been playing a lot of Ace Attorney games. Uh... But yeah, Joel and RJ have been playing Great Ace Attorney for like the past year, definitely. Um, and they've been doing three cases. So st stick around for some more gaming content. Uh. <laughs> Both games. Oh, my God. In two-hour chunks. Oh, God. Yeah, they've been doing it like little by little. They should uh, do the uh, Layton games. Oh, God. The Professor Layton games? They're all good, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. All right. But thanks for coming in on listening to the podcast live. You can definitely catch us over at digitalerentertainment.com for all of our older episodes as well as this one when it gets uploaded. Uh, but as always, until next time, you've been decoded. <laughs>